Hey everyone, welcome to the Southside Church Podcast from Chilliwack, British Columbia, Canada. We're praying that hope would rise in your life as you listen to this message today. Fear holds us in the dark, and faith keeps us in the light. My name is David, and I get to be one of the pastors here on staff, and I'm excited to be able to spend Baptism Sunday with you. Baptism Sunday, meaning at the end of the service, we're going to dunk a ton of people. Uh, we've already dunked you know, over 30 people in the first service, and it's going to be an exciting day, but it also means I need to hustle, because we got a lot going on. And I recognize that there's so many people in the room that today's probably your first time here. Maybe someone getting dunked invited you to come watch and witness in their baptism. Whatever reason brings you into this room or online today, uh, we're just so grateful to have you as our guest, and we hope that you're having a great experience here with us. I also want to send a special shout out to an amazing Southside warrior who I know is joining us online from Chilliwack General Hospital, and that's Raina Lloyd. And Raina is entering into another uh, journey with another cancer diagnosis. And we're just praying that God just wraps her in his love and just gives her such a peace that surpasses understanding. And obviously, we're praying uh, for healing in her situation. We, uh, we love you, Raina. And we've seen 30% growth uh, in this church year, you know, compared to last year. And I'm pretty confident that half of those people have been personally invited by Raina. Um, so we love you, and we're, we're praying with you. So we got to get going. I don't think it's an accident that any of us are here today. Uh, we believe that God has a purpose in everything that he does. And, and so I know that God's got a word for each and every one of us individually to grow from today, including myself. Uh, so we're going to continue through our journey through the book of John. Uh, we just finished an amazing spiritual warfare series. We took a bit of a pause through John. And I would strongly encourage you to bookmark that series and refer back to it on YouTube um, just to help you in the things that we struggle with in life. But we're going back to the book of John, chapter 12, uh, where we're gonna pick up the story where Jesus is still continuing his adult ministry. Tons of people and crowds are still coming to see and hear this man who's performing these signs, wonders, and miracles and just hear this message of grace that he has. And yet, uh, many people uh, still don't believe that he's the Messiah. See, Jesus told the crowd, he says, uh, it is time for, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified and lifted up. And it says that many still didn't believe that he was the Messiah. So we're going to pick it up in verse 42 where it says, Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise from God. I'm going to read that one more time. Yet at the same time, many even among the leaders believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not openly acknowledge their faith for fear that, the, that they'd be put out of the synagogue, for they loved human praise more than the praise from God. Uh, this is a really impactful part of John, and it's one of the main reasons why we've been going through this book, because it's been very important that we don't just know about God and know about Jesus, but that we actually get to know them, have a personal relationship with God and a personal relationship with Jesus. And a big part of that is because this is something that all of us struggle with. We all deeply care about the opinions of our family or the opinions of our friends or our coworkers. Uh, a lot of times, much more than we think about how God thinks and what God thinks about us. I get it. It's 25 degrees outside. I'm wearing a denim uh, jacket because I want you to think I'm cool and relevant. I get it. 
okay? It happens. It's part of the struggle. We don't even like to leave a picture up on social media without getting enough like positive attraction, let alone um, how we base our decisions, especially deep, impact, impactful decisions. And I know that fear holds us actually in the dark, whereas faith keeps us in the light. You see, fear is a powerful demotivator. And fear is actually spiritual. Fear is spiritual. It's a spiritual attack. See, because God actually says that, that, or the Bible actually says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of peace, love, and of sound mind. It's spiritual. And I think if we truly understood, if we could truly gasp, grasp in our human brain the actual uh, sovereignty and magnitude of God and the depth of his love for us and the lengths that he's willing to go for us, then we would actually never, never, never place the opinion of one of our friends or a family member above how God actually thinks about us or what God actually thinks about us. He deeply loves and cares for us. See, King David in the book of Psalms saying that, that God has, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far God has removed our transgressions, our sins from us. Now I got an illustration. Good pass, Andrew, thank you. Uh, this is not the world, it's a basketball, but we're gonna pretend it's the world. And our world spins on an axis. It's got a north and a south pole. And if you were to f fly around the globe this direction, uh, you will either be flying north and then you'll eventually hit the pole and be traveling south. You're going north, south, and north and south meet. They connect at the poles. Whereas if you just keep going in that same direction, but you start flying around east to west, what's really interesting in the Bible being specific in these words is if you travel east around the globe, you will never, ever connect with west. You are only ever going east. Just like if you begin to fly west around the globe, you'll only ever travel west. You will never switch back to east. So David was clear when he said that, that as far as the east is from the west, meaning they will never touch, that's how far God has actually removed our sin from us. And we need to remember that. But I think it's fear that actually holds us in the dark and fear that keeps us from thinking about that when we make our decisions in life. And today is actually a good example of that. Today is Baptism Sunday. And, and at the end of the service, I am going to extend an invitation for people that have accepted Jesus into their life, into their heart, that believe in him, but have yet to take this step of baptism. I'm gonna invite you to do that. And I already know that when I do that, there's gonna be dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of you in the room that are gonna feel that tension in your heart. Because you know, and I know, that God has placed that step in front of you to take. That God has you know, challenged us to take this step in our faith. And, you know, right now, even your pulse might be going a little faster and the blood pressure might be beginning to rise. And I'm here to encourage you with something. Now, you may not like what I'm about to say next, um, but I'm not necessarily here to be liked. I'm here to challenge us and to equip us for us to continue to grow and walk with Jesus and take the steps that he places in front of us to continue to be the men and women that God has created us to be. And it's to our benefit. Something amazing has happened since the beginning of 2022. Since, the, since January 2022, we have seen 1,146 people accept Jesus Christ in their lives for the first time. Yeah. 
And my hope is of that 1,140 plus people that we're continuing to grow and take these steps in our faith to continue to become the men and women that we are created to be because that's what's best for us and that's what our city needs of us. According to the Bible, that number should be a one-to-one ratio. It says, believe and be baptized. In that same amount of time, we have seen 140 people take their next step of baptism. Now, that's still a number worth celebrating. But my question is, what are we missing? What are we missing? Because I think the number one thing that's keeping 1,146 people from simply believing and stepping into this obedient step of baptism is one thing, and it's fear. And fear doesn't serve us. It does not help us. And it holds us in the dark. So I want to encourage you today. Because I'm not here to shame you. This isn't next step shaming, right? There's no shame here. The reality is I love you. This church loves you. God loves you. And I simply want you to step into faith and continue to grow into the person you were created to be. See, it's, fear is a big problem that's holding us back, not just in life, but in our faith. See, Jesus himself was baptized by immersion by John the Baptist. And he did so not as the standard, but as an example. Right? The standard isn't perfection. It's not to live a spotless life. It's just a simple step in obedience. The Bible says, believe and be baptized. There's no class that you need to take. I was talking to many people even after the first service that said, I just don't feel like I'm ready yet. I feel like I need to do more things in my life, like I need to know more about God. And all you need to know is that God loves you. And the Bible's clear, believe and be baptized. It's a step of faith, not a step of fear. So I want to encourage you and dispel some of maybe your baptism fears. Uh, The first one is, uh, you guys look great. And many of you wore your Sunday best today. And you're thinking, well, I can't get in the tank. Like, I'm looking at the nice clothes I'm wearing. And all I want to say is we have you covered. When you walk through these doors right over here into our green room area, uh, we have a bunch of volunteers and stacks of new shorts and new shirts and new towels for you to quickly change into so we can take the step today. Or you might be saying, oh, like, I really wish my cousin's nephew was here to watch me take this step. And I know if that person loves you, they would much rather just see you walk in obedience versus see you get baptized live. Plus, it's filmed. It's online right now. It's live online right now. It's on YouTube forever. I mean, they can watch it hundreds of times over. Because there's actually no rational, there's actually no rational reason that if this is the step God's called for you to take, to not take it today. Except maybe if you're aller- deathly allergic to water. In which case, we'll figure something out. We're not here to kill you. Okay, we'll figure it out. There's no rational reason. And we'll get to that later in this service. One of the darkest areas where many of us uh, unfortunately thrive in fear and are gripped by is our money, is our finances. A quick story. Last Christmas, this is gonna sound familiar, um, we launched our All is Bright initiative where we made a commitment to our city that not a single, single parent in our community was gonna have to struggle to provide Christmas for their family and that not a single child was gonna go without a gift under the tree because we believed that that would provide hope for those kids. And we committed a quarter of a million dollars in that commitment, which we actually surpassed. The generosity was amazing. And before we launched that vision, Pastor Mike met with our staff and cast that same vision and said, hey, as leaders of this church, as staff as this church, as examples, what's the level of generosity and sacrifice that we are willing to give to meet this commitment? And so we all went off and we prayed and we spent time talking with our families, our spouses, our partners 
about that. And I remember my wife and I having that conversation because we had just found out that our mortgage was going to go up $1,000 a month. And we were already praying to God for provision of how God was going to provide for us to be able to afford our home. So we started that conversation. The more we talked about it, the more we felt, you know, hey, we've been so sacrificial and so generous over the years that maybe this is the season for us to just maybe sit this one out because we've actually done so much in the past. And the more we talked about it, the more we realized that we were having this conversation through a lens of fear and not faith. Fear that God wouldn't provide is what we were saying. What if God doesn't provide? And that convicted us. So we prayed about it and we, we wanted to take this step in faith. We wanted to be a part of what God was gonna do in this season. And we wanted to be blessed in that. And so we made this bold commitment of what we were gonna give above and beyond to the end of the year to help meet this commitment. And you wanna hear something really crazy? 24 hours later, God gave it all back to us. We found out that our mortgage got approved by another lender. We got a way better interest rate. We found out that the paperwork that was supposed to take six to eight weeks took two weeks. So we weren't gonna have to pay a penalty. We found out that the new uh, date of our next withdrawal was gonna be two months later. So we got a free month of mortgage. I don't know how that happened. And God literally just gave it all back to us. And I'm not saying God's gonna guarantee that he's gonna do the same for you, but I know this. God is faithful to his people. And God wants to be faithful to us and to bless us. And I'm so thankful that in that moment we chose to step away from fear and into faith. Because man, was it so incredible to be able to participate and see those 1,100 gifts go out the door and over 700 hampers go into our community. And now we're in a similar season with food for this city. And man, were we ever blessed by that? I wanna encourage you that, that there's a next step that God's gonna ask you to take and it's not always gonna feel easy. It might be something hard, it might be something challenging. Maybe it's serving on Wednesday nights at our youth ministry. Maybe it's asking to pray for someone and help someone. We don't know what it's gonna be, but it might not always be easy. And what I encourage you with is God is good. He is good. And God wants our faith and actually gives us, equips us to conquer our fear. We're actually called to cast fear out of our lives in Jesus' name. Joshua 1.9 says, banish fear and doubt. Cast it out. Exile it from your life forever. And remember that God is with you wherever you go. I want to share something crazy just to illustrate what, what God could do, what's possible in our city if all of us chose to just step out of fear and into faith, especially with our money. If we took uh, today's attendance, not even including uh, people that call Southside Church their home but are away or on vacation, if we just took today's attendance, both in person and online, as we look to, to meet this $250,000 commitment to provide food, literally just food for people who don't have it right now, if we took today's attendance alone and simply did what God calls us to do, which is to bring back a tenth of what he's given us so that there'd be enough food for his house, enough funds for ministry. Do you know what our annual budget would be? I calculated this week based on the vital statistics information for Chilliwack. It'd be over $20 million. Can you imagine what it would look like in our city if every single month we gave out a million dollars of food and we would still have millions left over to fund amazing, impactful, life-changing ministry. Can you just imagine? And I know God can do it. And it starts with just a simple step out of the darkness of fear 
and into the light of faith. You see, God's perfect. He's without sin. He cannot sin. He cannot sin against us. So anything he's gonna ask us to do, ask us to give, is out of love and out of an amazing plan that he has for our lives. This whole book, the Bible, is a testament filled with a story of his relentless, undying love and pursuit for you. I have an amazing family that loves me deeply. I have great friends that cherish me. I work with an amazing staff that I think really likes me. And none of them wrote an entire book filled of their undying love for me. Let alone, you know, sacrifice one of their children for my sins. But that's how we think sometimes when we base our decisions on what other people think versus what the author of this book devoted to us. I want us to lean into that and to step into faith. We're gonna continue to, in verse 35. Then Jesus told them, you are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light so that you may become children of light. Then Jesus cried out, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. Listen to this. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Jesus isn't speaking figuratively there. He's also speaking practically. The Bible says that the devil is the prince of this world, condemned, cast to this world, where he prowls around in the darkness looking to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I have an illustration to to drive this point home, and I'm gonna need your help. I need every single person to take out your cell phone. You have permission to use this in church, and I want you to hold on to it. And we're gonna go through this illustration and you're gonna be ready. And when the time comes, and you will know when that time comes because I'll help you, uh, you're gonna be a part of this illustration. You cannot let me down for this to work. So don't fail me, okay? You also have to promise me that for this next bit, you do not leave your seat because it will not be safe to do so. You have to remain in your seat. And now you're curious. Spiritually speaking, this is the world we live in. Spiritually speaking, we live in utter darkness, separated by God by our sin. And the devil wanders around looking to steal, kill, and destroy a world that we're not equipped to handle. We talked about that in our spiritual warfare series. We cannot afford to live in this world without the light of Jesus. Because you see, I know that somewhere there's a lip on this stage and a dramatic drop-off into the audience. And I know this is making for compelling church online right now. (laughs) But somewhere there's a front of the stage and if I just walk through life not paying attention, I'm gonna fall off and hurt myself badly. I'm gonna take out five people in the front row. (laughs) But the devil in this world puts pitfalls in front of us to snare us up, to see us fall, to hurt us, to hurt God. And that might not be a lip on a stage and a drop off, but it might be that attractive, encouraging coworker inviting you out for lunch on your break. It might be that Instagram account that you linger on and look at far too often and for a little too long. 
It might be that financial corner that you cut in your business or that income maybe that you didn't claim on your taxes. Maybe it's that apology that you know you need to make, but keep justifying not to. Or maybe it's that bottle or that substance that you keep reaching for to help cope with the pain in your life. Jesus Christ defeated death in darkness so that we would have life and that we'd live in the light. And when we enter into a relationship with him, his light shines in and through us. A, the, to guide us. Psalms 119 says, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And now we have perspective we can see. So now instead of just walking right into that pitfall, I know, hey, I have wisdom and discernment that, that I should probably not spend time one-on-one -on -one with people of the opposite sex that aren't my spouse. Or I need to have the wisdom and foresight to put boundaries on my technology so I'm not looking at things on the internet I shouldn't be looking at. Or maybe it's to step into grace and mercy and, and ask for that apology or give that apology and ask for forgiveness. Or instead of maybe reaching for that bottle or reaching for that substance, I need to reach for the phone and I need to call a friend. I need to call someone in my small group for help. And, and, and Jesus' light guides us through those hazards, just like I'm allow, able to see safely on the stage. And he guides us just like, now I found these stairs. Now I can navigate off the platform. And he guides us. And not only is God giving us direction and he guiding us, but his light shines through and allows us to see other people. And now I can see you. And now I can see people that God's brought into my path, into my life to impact me. I'm David. What's your name? Levan. What's your name? Frez. Frez? How long have you been coming to Southside? That's awesome. And you were a contractor, a part of this building when it was being built. That's awesome. Pleasure to meet you, brother. Glad that you're here. We get to see the needs that God's put in front of us, just like this Food for This City campaign. You better believe it was the light of God shining in and through this building that led us to meet that need to see that need, to see the people in need. And here's the really cool part of this illustration. It's that God's plan for Jesus' light to shine is not to only shine through Pastor Mike or only shine through Pastor David, but to shine through every single person who's accepted Jesus to live in their life, and that's you. His plan is to shine a light in and through you. And in our city, just like these risers starting to light up here and the floor is starting to light up and in the back it's starting to light up and as these lights are turning on, as God's love is beginning to shine in through what was once dark and was once hopeless, hope and the love of Jesus and the light begin to rise and the tide begins to change in our city because what was once dark is now light all through Jesus' love shining in and through you. Now I want you to hold those lights up nice and high. I want you to wave them around. And we're gonna sing a song, and it's called Let There Be Light. Because God's plan is that this church would be like a city on a hill that would not be hidden. And as that light begins to shine, as we see the needs of others and meet those needs of others, have fellowship with one another, that Jesus would change our city one life, one story at a time. So keep waving those lights, hold them up high. I want you to stand, and we're gonna sing a song together. And the song is called Let There Be Light, Wouldn't You Know? And as we sing it, I want you to think. I want you to think about 
Why is God's light shining through you? What is the need he's calling you to meet? Who is the person that he's calling you to see and to help? Or maybe I want you to think about, man, I need this light of Jesus in my life. And we're gonna sing this song and then you're gonna have a seat and then we're gonna watch an amazing video story from a young man in our church named Robbie who has had those struggles, has had those pitfalls, has followed fear and has stepped into a relationship with God and God's begun to impact and change his life and guide his steps. Then I'm gonna come up at the end, like I said, and I'm gonna extend an invitation to step into the light and to step into this tank for baptism today. See you in a bit. Hi, my name is Robbie, and I was born in San Antonio, Texas to my do-it-all mom and a guy that I never got to know. He was in and out of jail, stuck on drugs, and would disappear for days at a time. So from day one, it's always just been my mom and I. We ended up moving away from it all to Winnipeg to be with family, where we lived happily for the next 10 or so years. Uh, I was playing every sport, active every day, loving life. And then my mom met another guy who ended up bringing us out here to Chilliwack to be near his family, taking us away from ours. Uh, he got to be very mean and verbally abusive. He would treat my mom with great disrespect and he loved to yell to try to get his point across. Uh, I would do all I could to stay away. I'd stay at friends' houses for days or weeks, which really took a toll on me and how I saw myself. At the age of 13, I picked up smoking cigarettes and drinking hard alcohol. And not long after that, my friends and I started to experiment with drugs. Looking back now, all those times can be marked by depression, anger, and loneliness. I remember sitting in science one afternoon when I got a text from my girlfriend, who I was already going through rough times with, telling me that she was pregnant. And to this day, I remember the feeling I was overcome with. I immediately went out into the hall and tears poured from my eyes. I was so scared, I just remember saying over and over, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna take care of this? It was June 2015, my grade 12 year, when our beautiful baby girl was born. I was still making bad decisions. Being a father figure did not register for me at that time. I never had one myself, so I had no idea what to do. I avoided the situation and remained stuck in my ways, which led to her mother and I splitting up. One of the darkest moments of my life happened leaving a bar one night. One of my good friends was performing live music and I planned on only having a couple of drinks. I ended up with drugs in my system far out of my mind. The next thing I remember is waking up on a concrete box to a waffle being handed through one of those rectangular slots on the metal jail doors. When my door finally opened, I asked the guard why I was in a cell, and the two of them looked at each other in utter disbelief. I remember one of them with a small grin saying, you really don't remember? They let me know that once I got kicked out of the bar, I became aggressive, which led to the police being called, and, and then I ran and ran and ran for about eight kilometers through fields, prickle bushes and whatever else until I ended up on a bridge going over Highway 1. The police blocked the bridge off and I was yelling, threatening to jump if they didn't let me leave. It led to a fight that ended up saving my life. All those years, I think I knew God existed, but I never came to realize how God works. I was so caught up in my own version of hell. It wasn't long after that night that I found the strength to remove myself entirely from the people I was around. I stopped doing drugs, I slowly stopped drinking, and then last year, I finally was able to quit smoking cigarettes. I know now that that strength was from God. It was like a switch flipped, like God had flipped it himself. I saw it clearly, I knew what I needed to do, and I put my life back on track. 
After six years of being apart through the process of co-parenting Aaliyah, her mother Sherlyn and I got back together and we became a family again. One day at the gym, I ended up running into Pastor Mike. I don't remember exactly how our conversation went, but he invited me to the south side and said I was welcome there whenever. I had thought about going to church before, but this was my first invite. I started watching online and it wasn't long after that I heard about a worship night happening at Southside. When I thought about it, I felt like I was supposed to go, but I was more than nervous. On my self-improvement journey, I began to read a lot, and one quote in particular rang in my head. The quote said, when it feels scary to jump in, that is exactly when you jump, otherwise you end up staying in the same spot. So I took a leap of faith, I listened, and I went. I remember pulling into the parking lot, butterflies sweating, contemplating turning around. I couldn't believe what I was doing. Those words kept ringing in my head, jump. So I got out of the car and I just remember walking up to the building, almost feeling the energy inside. Slowly the nerves started to ease and by the time I got to the door, it started to feel so right. I made my way to the top of the riser so I could take it all in by myself. When the music started, I remember a feeling come over me like I've only ever felt one time in my whole life. The most unexplainable feeling in the world. Like God was literally inside of me or something. I felt like I was seeing God live at work and so many different people in the room that night. I was so surprised that I got to meet some amazing leaders at Southside that night who encouraged me to come to church in person on Sunday, and so I did. I came in alone the first Sunday, and it was like the words in the sermon were aimed at me. I was more than moved, more than intrigued, and I knew that with no shadow of a doubt that this is the exact place that I need to be. After seeing a change in me, Shailen and Aaliyah tagged along with me a few Sundays later, and we've never looked back. Shailen and I both raised our hands and made the commitment to follow Jesus. He's helping her grow and heal in so many ways as well. Compared to where we were even a year ago, things have changed drastically. The depression, anger, resentment, no longer feel like they're lingering and all that negative energy has essentially vanished. I heard Pastor Mike talking about next steps at church and I decided to step out of my comfort zone and join one of the small groups. It's crazy, whenever we're at Southside, it's hard leaving the building. We just love being here. So it's pretty cool to go back on a weeknight and meet with genuine, like-minded guys who are committed to the same journey. A little over a month ago, Shailen and I welcomed our second baby into the world, a son. We were stuck between two names, so his name wasn't decided until about three minutes after he was born. The sun came beaming through the clouds, replacing the rain that had poured all night. It lit up the room and the rays made it to the bed where he was. Instantly we knew his name was Tio, which means gift from God. God's love is the most miraculous thing that I've ever come across, and I hope that my kids come to experience his love the way I have. My answer for why I'm getting baptized today is pretty straightforward. I've asked God to guide me, and when Pastor Mike speaks, it's like God is speaking to me as the father I never had. I hear him clearly on this one say, this is your next step, so I'm taking it. God has brought me this far, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do next as I step out in faith. Thank you, Robbie. Robbie got dunked for service. It was an exciting moment. In this message, I said, I love you, and I do. So that means I'm gonna extend an invitation to anyone who knows the darkness too well, that really doesn't know the light. You've never been in the light. So I want you to close your eyes. I'm gonna finish reading our passage in 12, John chapter 12. And while you're sitting there with your eyes closed, I want you to close your eyes and open your heart. And I want the words to just fall on your heart. This is Jesus speaking. He says, if anyone hears my words but does not keep them, 
I do not judge them. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. But there is a judge for the one who rejects me and does not accept my words. The very words I have spoken will condemn them on the last day. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. Now hear this. I know that his command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. Shortly after Jesus spoke these words, he was tortured and hung on a Roman cross, crucified. He's hung on that cross to fulfill the prophecy to be sent for us, for us to be saved, you see, because God loves us. And even though our sin fractured the relationship between us and God and put us into this dark world, he loved us too much to leave us there in the dark. So he created a plan, a way. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect and sinless life and then be crucified as a sacrifice for us, to pay a debt for our sins, to renew us back into right relationship with him. And before Jesus died on that cross with his arms stretched out, he cried out and he said, it is finished. Meaning that death had been defeated, the darkness had been overcome, that our sin did not keep us separated from God any longer, that any, who accept his salvation could enter back into just right relationship with him out of fear, out of darkness, and into light. And I know that there's people here that know that darkness too well. You've been struggling through it on your own. You've been falling off that ledge through the pitfalls and the struggles and the challenges of life all on your own. And you've never had this opportunity. You've never heard this word. And I'm giving you today that salvation is free. But we have to simply open our hearts and accept it. So if that's you today, and you're like, I'm done with living life my way. I'm, I'm done with walking through fear. I'm done with struggling through the darkness. I need Jesus Christ in my heart. I need to step out of fear and into faith. I simply want you to have faith and be bold and raise your hand for me to see, all eyes closed. I want this to be a private moment between you and God and me. Just keep that, those hands high and raised. I see hands all over this room. I see entire families with their hands up. That's amazing, that's incredible. Because God sent his son, Jesus Christ, for you. For you. To have a full and abundant life, not just today and tomorrow, but for all eternity. So if your hand's up, I simply want you to put it down and I'm gonna pray with you. And you just pray along inside your head with me. Pray this prayer. God, thank you so much for loving me enough that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, for me. God, I am a sinner in need of a savior. In this moment, I accept Jesus into my heart, into my life to be a source of love and grace and mercy and light in my life to direct my path. Jesus, I accept salvation. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That is a moment we're celebrating, church. So now we're gonna enter into baptism. And I meant it when I said it. Believe and be baptized. There was probably over 20, 30 people with your hands up in the room. That includes you. We would love to actually have you take this step. That's how it was done in the Bible. Accept salvation, go down to the river and be baptized. And it's symbolic. We're dead to our sins and raised up to this new life with him. And I'm not gonna get all verbose, 
and all motivational, I'm just gonna look you in the eye and say, hey, you know, you feel that tension in your heart. You know that this is a step that God's placed in front of you, whether you've attended church for 50 years or today is your first day. I want you to step out of your aisle in faith and all you're gonna hear is cheers of support and love for you. Come down to see Pastor Sarah, who's right here in the white shirt, and her amazing baptism team, and they're gonna set you up in the green room with a change of clothes, a towel. If you're getting dunked this service, now is the time to make your way to the edge of the tank. The team told me, please tell everyone to bring their towels. We almost ran out of towels last service. So we're all gonna stand. And we're gonna sing and we're gonna celebrate everyone taking their next steps being raised to new life through Jesus. And if this is your step to take, man, I would encourage you to step out of fear, step out of fear into faith and take the step, the step of baptism. We're gonna sing and we're gonna celebrate, church. Let's do it. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And to stay up to date with all things Southside, follow at Southside underscore church on Instagram. We love you guys. The best is yet to come.